Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of Walk On Radio Hump. It's been a, it's been a wild couple weeks for me with recruiting, and I know you're enjoying the holidays, so how are you doing, Hump? I'm good, man. Uh, I've been... I've been enjoying seeing your uh, your visit stuff. Uh, I know that that is that's a cool experience for you. Um, I'm enjoying a lot of good football this time of year. It's about to be bowl season. NFL is uh, really heating up, and uh, we've got we've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, it's going to be a fun episode as we kind of settle down into the playoffs and and bowl games and national championships. It's going to be a, a wild ride. So, Hump, before we get into anything, I kind of want to give an update on my recruiting, something that's been a, a difficult thing. Um, you know, as as we get into it, and as you know how busy the portal is, man, it's been a very stressful thing, I to, to be completely honest, man. You kind of see every other day you're opening Twitter and a new person has entered the portal and a new person's getting an offer from here and there, but... The cool thing is it's been really fun to go on visits and meet coaches and kind of see new places. Being at Sam Houston for five years, you're kind of used to the regular, and now I get to see some new places, and I really enjoyed it. Got to go to Central Missouri, East Central, and then I'm going to Butler University, and I've enjoyed all those visits, seeing some new guys and seeing some cool places, and so I really enjoyed it. It's been a, it's been a fun ride. Uh, so that's kind of my update. I don't really have a decision yet about where I'm going. Um, it's going to be a longest choice, but I'm sure everyone will see it on Twitter once I make the big announcement. So this is kind of do you, do you have a do you have a timeline of when maybe you want to make that decision? Yeah. So the difficult thing about that is, in terms of Division Two, they their dead period ends the end of December, so they can't speak to you for a long time. And being a mid-year transfer, a lot of the guys want me to come. They want me to commit the end of December, sign in January, and be there for the team uh, for spring, which is something that I agree with. I think it's a, it's an obvious choice, um, and I do want to be on the team before spring ball. But man, it's it's a it's a difficult thing because it's only been three weeks in the portal, and a lot of teams are still in bowl games or still in playoffs, and are still kind of waiting on everything, especially with the early signing period. So I don't really have a choice. I really can – I can – I have a couple teams that I like, and I could sign by January 9th and be out of there, but I could wait. And so I think after my visits, I'm going to kind of sit down with my mom and kind of talk about it and figure it out. So it's going to be a tough decision because do I want to be on a team for spring ball, of course, but do I want to try to wait out and see if there's any other offers available? That's uh that's also a viable option. So it's got two different things. I'm gonna once I get back from Butler, it'll be a it'll be a decision that I gotta really sit down and, and figure out. But uh next up, Hump, let's kind of touch on something that we haven't covered as much as uh we used to, but FCS. FCS is in the playoffs and they're they're down their final four. And and for a lot of people that didn't know, Incarnate Word is is playing North Dakota State. And for some reason, I don't know, Hump, a lot of people think that Incarnate Word can upset North Dakota State. So let's talk about it real quick. We got the high-powered offense of Incarnate Word with Lindsey Scott Jr. And the the team that always seems to be there, North Dakota State. What do you think on these two teams, and who do you think is going to end up winning that game? 
man, Dalton, I watched uh, I watched the quarterfinal matchup between Incarnate Word and Sac State. Uh, I'm sure that your mom is really disappointed about that outcome, uh, <laughs> but it was an it was an incredible game. Uh, Lindsey Lindsey Scott is man, un, he's undoubtedly going to win the Walter Payton Award this year. I mean, he's been the best player in all of FCS football by far. You know, I if it wasn't if it wasn't in Fargo, I would I would say that UIW has a legitimate shot. Uh, I, I'm worried about the home field advantage that, that North Dakota State has, uh, especially with the experience that they have this late in the year. Um, and so I, I'm going to have to go with the Bison. Yeah, and thank God that it's in a dome because I've seen some videos and pictures of Fargo, and it is just covered in snow already, as you would probably assume. But you really got a, an underdog with UIW, very similar to our situation, a team that is successful, but you don't normally see in the in the end game and your powerhouses. On the other side of the bracket, we have South Dakota State and Montana State, two teams that have been there and done that, but two teams that have been really close but haven't won the thing. Of course, South Dakota State losing to uh, us in the national championship and then unfortunately falling to Montana State last year, and then Montana State – makes it all the way, and then an unfortunate game against North Dakota State. So, Hump, kind of talk to me about this game. It's a, it's a pretty good matchup. we got two powerhouse teams in the FCS. Who's going to walk away with this one? Man, I think that this is a, a game where whoever wins this one, uh, I think they could be favored in the national championship. Um, you know, I, I do expect North Dakota State to make it just because, you know, what? why else would I think otherwise? Uh, and so – to see who wins this one and and who's going to get to go up against the Bison is pretty cool. I am hoping that South Dakota State can get it done. Um, after the way they lost to us, that I mean, to get back and you know you have your quarterback back, you have uh, you have the running back. I I, I went blank. Isaiah, um, what's Davis. his name? Uh, yes, Isaiah Davis. He he's incredible. He had another big time run last uh, last couple weeks uh, where he's he's slamming somebody into the ground. Uh, we've seen that before, and so to see those guys get back uh, to to have a chance to win the national championship would be pretty cool. Yeah, and so it's been it's been weird to watch from the sideline, but it's it's been kind of cool to see all these teams make it. And I got to give UIW a lot of credit with everything going on with their coaching changes. Uh, Coach Kenny going to Texas State. I, I'm. I'm glad they were able to kind of keep it going. Uh, Hump, how do you feel about that move? Uh, you got a you got a young coach going to Texas State, and we may have talked about it last episode, but just kind of touching on it as they start to fill their staff. A lot of the guys from UIW are heading over, and actually, Coach OG, D line coach from Sam Houston, he's heading over there. So congratulations to OG. I, I, he's a great guy, and excited for him. But do you think that this guy can be the guy can change Texas State? I know a team that's been in FBS for a good bit, but still hasn't made a bowl game. And I don't even know if they've had a successful season. So is he the answer to to kind of fix Texas State? Is that what they need, kind of a culture reset? Or you still think it's going to take a, a few years to get that on, on board? Man, the problem is, is, golly, how many coaches have they had in the last 10 years? I feel like every two or three years there there's a new hire at Texas State. Um and so it's just – it's tough, man. And, and they're one of the teams that had a mass exodus into the portal. 
And so, I mean, you almost have to completely start over and it's like, you know, do I have, do I have three years to, to get it turned around or, or is it one or two years and then I'm gone? And, and so that's, that's kind of an issue when I think about Texas state, um, I, I'll, I'll give you a hot take. I bet Sam Houston makes a bowl game before Texas state does. Yeah, I definitely, I see that now. The good thing about Coach Kenny, what he's done on the mass exodus to the portals, he's able, he's been able to bring back two or three guys, which shows that they have some confidence in them. And so that's a that's a good thing. But man, like you said, it's it's hard it's hard to win as a Texas university when you're not winning Texas recruits. And of course, it's, it's got to do with so many schools in Texas and all the competitors you have. And Sam Houston has been kind of in that problem too, but. It's hard when you can't get the guys because everyone wants to go to the bigger schools or the more successful schools. So he's really going to have to push recruiting. But I really could see Sam winning a bowl game before Texas State. It just really depends on how they can do recruiting and get the transition. Are they going to be able to successfully transition to the Conference USA? I I have no doubt that Coach Keeler is going to be able to do something like that. Uh, He's been around long enough. But, you know, that that could be a future rivalry too. Texas State and Sam Houston, both teams in – in a group of five and so you never know man I think uh but I wish Kenny good luck I think I think he's going to do good things around there and then UIW just named their their new head coach he's going to be the youngest head coach in division one football I think he's 28 uh he was a coach so good luck to him uh now the problem is, is what I've heard is a lot of UIW fans are kind of upset that UIW is a transition school it seems like a lot of coaches kind of come in for a couple of years and bounce out of there so what do you think UIW has to do in order to make it a mainstay school a school that people want to be at and want to stay there for for a long time man um i cuz the thing is is like you hire a guy that's 28 okay that can be a he's a lifetime guy and, and because he started so early he has a chance to to really build that program or b he does really well he's 28 years old and a bigger school says wow what a young talent we can scoop this guy up uh and and he'll be on his way so i you know it's looked like that it's option b more times than not uh for UIW lately yeah, and I think I think what it comes down to is you got to win. If you can continue success and and keep winning, people will stay. But like you said, once you start winning a lot, coaches are going to see that, or schools are going to see that, and they want you. And so it's just kind of a, a wheel, and that's just kind of the name of the game. Uh, Sam Houston has seen it a lot, not with our head coach because Keeler Keeler has been a lifetime guy, but with coordinators and position coaches, they come in for a few years, whether they got them demoted from power five or, or came down from, from division two, but they, they come to Sam, get some success and then they leave. And that's just kind of the name of the game. If you're not, if you're not Alabama or Michigan, there's no reason to stay at a school for 13 years when you're so young and you have plenty of opportunities. So I think that's just how UIW is going to be. Now, if they get successful, maybe people will stay longer and, kind of work on their facilities and start building the brand of football around that area, I think there's a chance. But, you know, that's just kind of how FCS is, and we've seen it in a while, and we've seen it with plenty of other teams. So, Hump, next up, let's get into some FBS talk. We kind of touched on it last week, but it's official. We have our final four. We got Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. So kind of talk to me about this, Hump. 
How do you feel about this? Did they make the right call? And uh, got to give some predictions. What do you think is going to happen? And who's going to win the national championship? Man, I'm excited. Uh, we had quite the uh, conference championship weekend. Uh, there was a lot of, I mean, you had USC lose, and that bumped them out. TCU lost, so people were nervous there. Um, and so you got Georgia versus Ohio State, and you've got Michigan versus TCU. I think Michigan versus TCU is really intriguing. Uh, I think that Michigan is a team that is certainly good enough to get to the national championship. But I also I also don't think that they are a shoe-in to do it. I think TCU, what they have that no other team does really is – Man, they have a lot of faith in Max Duggan. I mean, they 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 really believe in that guy. You you can see it. Uh, just the way that they they finish games down the stretch has been really impressive. Uh, and so I, I expect no, I expect nothing else against Michigan. And I, I think that that game is going to come down right to the wire. Now the question is, Hump, and a lot of guys and a lot of people were upset as TCU ends up losing the game against Kansas State in a great game in overtime. Do you think TCU deserved to be in the playoffs? Uh, and if not, who should have replaced them? No, I think TCU absolutely deserved to be in the playoffs. You know, they had one loss. Uh, it was against a top 10 team in their conference championship. Uh, and so, you know, the only other two teams that had the case was was USC, who picked up their second loss uh, on, on that Friday night, and Alabama, who who had two losses. And so... There's never been a two-loss team in the college football playoffs. So, to me, unless they're going to make an exception for the first time ever, once you get to that two-loss threshold, you're, you're out. Yeah, and, and and then next up we got Georgia and Ohio State. Um, You know, Georgia has been looking like a powerhouse and kind of been staying that way. But is there a shot that Ohio State can get the upset? Man, I'll be honest. Uh. You know, Michigan embarrassed Ohio State uh, at, at, at their home field. And I think that a lot of people, you know, jumped on the Michigan train. I, if I'm TCU, I would rather play Michigan than Ohio State. I, I truly would, uh, simply because, you know, CJ Stroud is, is, he's a big time player. I mean, he's going to be a top three pick in the NFL draft this next year. Uh, and so Ohio State, Georgia's going to have their hands full. Um, now, Georgia, on the other hand, I mean, that's just they're, – they're just sur – everybody's surrounded by multiple, multiple NFL players, NFL talent. Uh, they won the national championship last year, so they know they know what, what it takes. Uh, and so I will take Georgia in this one, um, but, but I, I think it will be a pretty good game. Man, you can't tell me how cool it would be if we had a – Michigan, Ohio State, the game part two for the national championship. Just imagine how packed that that stadium would be. Yeah, no, that would be really cool. So then kind of moving on from that, we also had the Heisman announcement. And uh, to no surprise, Caleb Williams win the Heisman. Kind of talking about that. Do you think that was the right choice? And how do you think uh, – what do you think Caleb Williams' future is going to be? Do you think he can lead USC to a national championship? Do you think uh, – after next year, it might be time for the draft. And is he going to be a future first-round pick? Yeah, you know, Caleb Williams, very deserving. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Max Duggan win it, but I I, I know that they picked the right guy. Um, you know, Caleb Williams next year, I, I think that he will have a lot of 
a lot of expectations. Um, you know, what what can USC do from a team standpoint? Uh, and 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 can Caleb Williams get them there? As far as the NFL draft goes, Dalton, man, uh, it, it's early, obviously, for him because he will be back next year. But I'm pretty positive that next year will be it for him uh, because the way that people talk is that Caleb Williams is a shoe-in for the number one pick. Yeah, and I'm also hearing that North Carolina's Drake May is also a guy that is a potential first-round pick. Uh, his ability and what he's done at North Carolina – has been a while. Do you think that he might be able to top and potentially be drafted over Caleb Williams? Man, uh, I you know, I would say no at this point. Um, I just how many times has how many times has the guy like like a guy like that when when I when I think of a guy like that, I think of like a Mitchell Trubisky or or a Daniel Jones or a Sam Darnold or or Zach Wilson, guys like that that kind of just had the, the the prototypical quarterback mold uh, that didn't have overwhelming stats in college, but but they had the mold. And so, you know, people, you know, they 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 like one this year is Will Will Levis Levis, however you pronounce it. I just I don't know, man. I, I feel like we've seen that same story over and over, and that guy ends up not working out. Uh, and so it'll it'll be interesting. And then finally, kind of wrapping up the episode, let's do some NFL talk. Uh, we touched on it last uh, episode, but this time around, we're going to rank our top five teams in the NFL right now. Of course, starting by five and going up. Let's see if we have the same list or if we disagree on some things. So, Hump, of course, you get to start it off. And uh, who's your number five? Man, Dalton, uh, we've got a couple more weeks in the NFL. It's It's been a really interesting year uh, to me. There are three really relevant teams in the NFC, and there are three really relevant teams in the AFC. Uh, and so that's six teams. Obviously, we're about to say five. So number five, uh, they played last night. They looked really good. Uh, apparently, Brock Purdy is is just the man. Uh, and so with my number five slot, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm going with the 49ers at five as well. They just look like a complete team, and that's something crazy to say, especially with Brock Purdy coming in, Mr. Irrelevant. But they are just, with their offense, how dynamic it is and all the playmakers they have, and then their defense being as stifling as it is. Their D-line is just intense, always in the quarterback's face. They just look like a complete team right now, and I think they can really compete with everybody. It just depends how they do in the playoffs and if they can finally clutch it at the end. I, I will be honest that that makes me really nervous um, for, for my Cowboys. It really does. Uh, you know, I, I golly, uh, the Cowboys are going to be on this list for me at, at some point, but I am worried about the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And I think being a Packers fan, I've experienced it every, every year. The 49ers in the playoffs is is the 49ers in the playoffs and the 49ers in the Super Bowl are two different teams because the 49ers in the playoffs, are insane. And then for some reasons that if they get to the big game, they just kind of struggle, but they are such a scary team right now. And like I said before, with Brock Purdy, people kind of had their doubts, but he's been able to, to kind of sit back and relax and do his job. And I mean, the way, the way Shanahan's got the offense going, I feel like if I was back there throwing the ball, we would still, I could still throw for about 150 yards. It's just so <laughs> dynamic and people are open at all times. And so they're just able to do a lot of special things. 
All right, Hump, who is your number four? Number four, Dalton. I am going to go the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, to me, has been the most impressive quarterback all season. Uh, what he's been able to do with, with no Tyreek Hill really impresses me. Uh, and, and, you know, when it's all said and done, you're going to have to go through the Chiefs to uh, to get to the Super Bowl. Yep. So for my number four, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think their offense is really explosive right now. And the good thing about the Cowboys is originally they were relying on their defense with how good their defense is. But now it seems to kind of be both ways. They finally figured out have both sides rolling at all cylinders. Um, a scary game against the Texans. But, you know, a win is a win, even if it's ugly. So I think the Cowboys are going to do really well. They just they can't have those kind of games once it gets down to the playoffs. You can't you can't have a game where you're supposed to beat a team and it ends up being closer than it should be. So give me the Cowboys at number four. Still a great team, uh, and this this could be the year. They just gotta they gotta keep continuing to play at a high level and make sure everything's rolling. Yeah, well, Dalton, that's gonna lead me into my number three team. Uh, I have my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, like you said, you know, early in the year they really re- were relying on that defense. Now they they seem to be able to score some points. Um, you know, you had a scary game against the Texans. Uh, I'm not worried about that. That was a, you know, I guess you could call that a trap game. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that we're talking about a win rather than a really ugly loss. Uh, and, and so. You know, I I think that what what can get in the way of Dallas winning the Super Bowl this year is is just what's been the problem the last you know twenty five years. Uh, we get to the playoffs and then maybe win a game and then we we kind of lay an egg. Uh, and so that's that's concerning. Uh, that worries me. That's the only thing I've seen my entire Cowboys life. Uh, but you know, maybe this year will be different. But my number three team is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and then kind of rolling with what you said, my number three is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, just consistent on all cylinders. Um, Patrick Mahomes, of course, is is doing what he does. And Travis Kelsey, man, is just an insane player. What he's been able to do for the tight end position, it, it's bad for me because it kind of – I'll never be Travis Kelsey. And a lot of us, you know, stubbier blocking guys, we're kind of getting pushed out of the out of the – picture but Travis Kelsey is one of the greatest tight ends of all time and the Chiefs offense and you can never bet against them and you know have they are they as good as what they used to be maybe not but they're still winning they're still 10 and 3 and they're still on top of the NFL and so you can't doubt the Chiefs now they're the AFC is a little bit more competitive you got the Bengals still and you got the Bills and you got a kind of a wild little group of guys trying to clinch the playoffs at the end of the game but the Chiefs in the playoffs are just like Brady in the playoffs. They're going to come out. They're going to do a lot of crazy things. So give them the Chiefs at number three. Now, Hump, I have a I have a pretty good idea that we're on the same path here for one and or two and one. But let's roll into number two. I, I am impressed that uh, we have the same five teams, almost the same order. But yeah, number two. I, I'm sure that this is you know what yours is, but I'm going to go Buffalo. Uh, you know, Josh Allen. I, I'm a huge fan. He, I mean, he's just really fun to watch. Uh, and I, I would love to see that guy get it done. Uh, can, can he beat the Chiefs once and for all? Uh, and I think they can. Uh, I think that, you know, if they could get home field advantage into the playoffs with, with it being at Bills Mafia, that would be huge. Uh, but but I expect the Bills to be 
a, a real force down the stretch. Yeah, Josh Allen, a guy you want to see win. Uh, Bills are my number two as well. They just got it all. And uh, I really think at the end of their careers, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs could go down in history as the greatest duo in NFL. Um, they just got to finish it out. And uh, like we said, with the AFC, how competitive it is, you want to see Josh Allen win one, but all it takes is a is a game-winning field goal or, or one bad interception, and all of a sudden the, the change, the tide has changed. And so, you know, I wish the Bills good luck, and I would now that the Packers are out of the playoffs and kind of cheer for everybody. And so Bills are definitely a team I would I would love to see hold up the Lombardi trophy. And then at number one, I guess uh, we both know the answer to this. And, man, what – what a wild way to say the Philadelphia Eagles at number one because last year did not look like that at all. As as much as it pains me uh, to put them number one, they they undoubtedly uh, deserve that nod. Uh, I'm scared of them. I'm nervous. Uh, I don't know that we can beat them. Uh, and Christmas Eve is going to tell us a lot. Uh, you know, I still think that regardless of of, of if the Cowboys beat them. Uh, I still think that the Eagles will win the division and get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And so if the Cowboys want to go to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to go through Philly. Uh, and, and, they're, and they're fully capable of doing it. I, I'm simply saying that at this point, Philly is, is absolutely the real deal. Now, what do you think is the reason for the change? Was it bringing A.J. Brown in? Is that the camel that broke the back? Was it the head coach kind of coming in and changing the culture? or Jalen Hurts maybe finally turning it on, what made this big change where all of a sudden a uh, semi-successful team is turning into a, a one-loss team? Man, I think that A.J. Brown coming in really uh, progressed Jalen Hurts very quickly. Uh, Jalen Hurts is having an MVP-type season, uh, coaching, defense, all, all the things, offensive line play, all the things that you need to be, all the genetics of a of a good team uh the eagles have it uh and, and so that is that's concerning uh, i mean you know i i would think the, are they the super bowl favorites i mean or is it or would you say it's the chiefs or bills i mean what what it's hard it's hard to bet against them being 12 well like if you had to so. bet like let's say you had a hundred dollars okay and you had to put it on one nfl team to win it who who would you pick uh man, I would probably pick the safe pick and go the Bills. Um, and even though that even how safe is that pick? Um, but the Bills have been successful. It's it's hard for me to bet on teams that are that are good, but just kind of getting into the groove of being a really successful team. And so, do I think the Eagles can do it? Probably, but I don't. I wouldn't put my money on it. I still think an AFC team is gonna is gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, I I think that the Eagles are are far good enough to do it, but I also think that the Cowboys, uh, the Niners, the Chiefs, the Bills, maybe the maybe the Bengals. I think that all of those are good enough to do it. Yeah, and then kind of bouncing off of that, Jalen Hurts MVP talk has been running wild. Uh, a lot of people are for it, and a lot of people are against it, saying that uh, it's a system and anyone could be back there and doing well. So, Hump, Jalen Hurts for MVP, do we agree or do we disagree? Man, I think right now uh, we agree. Um, I, I I, still think that Patrick Mahomes uh, is very deserving because of, of him losing Tyreek Hill and the numbers that he's putting up. Uh, as much as I would love Josh Allen to win it, 
he he probably has turned the ball over too much. Uh, but it, there's still there's still a good chunk of the season left. Uh, and so we're we're gonna see down the stretch. But I would say Jalen Hurts at this very moment, yes. And then at the bottom of the AFC playoffs, there's a there's a little group of of teams that are trying to get in, and they're all tied right now. It's all going to depend on how the rest of the season goes. But Hump, if you had to say right now, which team do you think can get in? I think it's uh, we got the Giants, we got the Patriots, and then one other team. Who who is going to get that final spot in the wild card? Well, so in the AFC or the NFC or the or both? Uh, AFC? Oh yeah, well, let's do both while we're at it. Okay. Okay, so AFC, I, you know, my division champs, uh, you're looking at the Bills, you're looking at the Chiefs, you're looking at the, the Titans, um, you, and then I think you're looking at the Bengals. Uh, and so those last three spots, ooh, man, I, I, I'm going to go – I'm going to go the Ravens, I'm going to go the Chargers, and, and I'm going to go the Miami Dolphins. Those are, those are my final three. Even despite – you know, Tua Tongvaloa has had some some rough games at the towards the end of the season, and you don't think the Jets could probably sneak in with the play of Mike White? Well, I just you know I'm I'm not going to put a lot of stock into the Jets. Uh, I, I really like what Miami has done for the most part this year. Um, you know, I, if if I had to switch one of those teams out, I would probably say the Ravens simply because I don't know when Lamar Jackson's going to be back. I mean, he's injured. Uh, I'll tell you a team to look out for, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they, they're they young. Uh, hey, I'm just saying that last year I called this, that, that Jacksonville, they were two or three years away. We're finally seeing Trevor Lawrence look like he's back at Clemson. Uh, and, and so that, that would be my ultimate sleeper team uh, down the stretch. And then kind of bouncing over to the NFC, you have the the NFC beast, the Commanders and the Giants, both kind of in the picture still. The the Buccaneers with a Tom Brady, you can't bet against that. The Lions are on a win streak, kind of pushing themselves into a spot. So Hump, uh, and also the Vikings. The Vikings is one of the worst 10-3 and three teams we've seen. So kind of talking about the NFC playoffs, who's going to sneak in and who's the first one out? Yeah, Dalton. I think that uh, I think the Vikings are going to win that division. I think the Bucks are going to win theirs. Uh, San Francisco has clinched their division, and then I guess the Eagles are going to win the East. Uh, that means that that the Cowboys will for sure be a wild card. And then you know those last two spots. It, it could be the Commanders. It could be the Giants. Uh, maybe the Seahawks. Maybe. Maybe the Lions. Uh, I I am definitely definitely rooting for the Lions. Uh, that is what a what a neat story. Yeah, and that's just something that excites me. I love Dan Campbell, and now that like I said, the Packers are out. I can cheer for, I can cheer for other teams, and I love the Lions. I love what Dan Campbell's doing. Uh, I would I would die to play for him, and so exciting to see that and pump to finish up the episode. We've always kind of asked it, and it always seems to change. Give me your Super Bowl prediction, your winner, and your MVP. Oh, Cow- Cowboys Bills, man! I'm still until until it's gone. I'm rocking with it. Still uh, rocking with it. Uh, Cowboys Bills. Um, whoa. I don't know. I'll I'll still say that the Bills are going to win it. Uh, because it's it's put good juju on my Cowboys for the most part this year. So Bills win it. Josh Allen MVP. And uh, for me, I'm actually going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going with the Bills 49ers. Oh, 
with the Bills win, Josh Allen MVP, uh, I think the 49ers can kind of sneak in and and in, in an NFC that kind of isn't as strong as the AFC can come in and do a lot of things and potentially go in there and score a lot of points. But I don't think it's going to be enough to get to the, to the AFC side and they're going to lose the Super Bowl with Josh Allen finally getting his one. Don, I got one last question. Uh, did you play any fantasy football this year? No, so you know, without without the walk on radio league, and you know, you know how that went. You kind of forced me to do that, and I did enjoy doing it. But <laughs> hey, you did uh, good though. You did good. Yeah, I did. Actually you, you beat me in the playoffs. I thought I would, but uh, I didn't touch fantasy football this year. But I know you did. So kind of give a little how to go for you, man. It was a uh, it was an up and down year for sure. Had some injuries. Uh, got lucky in some spots, but it's playoff week in the fantasy football world. I actually got a first round bye, so I'm I'm kind of playing the waiting game, hoping my guys stay healthy. But uh, we're we're looking for the three P, baby. Who uh who on your team has done the best? Who is your hump fantasy football MVP for just your team? Oh, I, I got to give it to two guys. Uh, I, I've got I've got what you said could go down as the greatest duo ever. I have both Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, uh, and so. They've been awesome. Uh, I've also got Ken Walker and Ezekiel Elliott. That's kind of my big four. Uh, we're we'll we'll see, man. We'll, I'm excited. Uh, cool, cool chance to try to win my third Super Bowl in a row in my uh, really storied league. It's our twelfth year, uh, and so that's that's going to be something fun to keep up with. Well, Hump, any last words before we jump into the end of the episode? Uh, we're going to touch on your fantasy football on the next time and kind of roll into we're going to see a lot of bowl games and it's getting time for Christmas and the New Year Six. And so we got a lot of games, fun games to talk about. FCS, National Championship will be set up. So Hump, any last words before we end the episode? No, man. Uh, next week, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have lots to touch on. Uh, hopefully you guys can listen to us uh, during the holiday season. Uh, safe travels and uh, we wish you the best. All right, so you know what to do. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to us on any podcast site, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. This is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. And, of course, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.